Hi, it's Jeff, host of the podcast. Imagine a world where planning your books is as fun as writing them, where plotters plot in heroic harmony and pantsers organize without overwhelm. Here's the thing, that world exists. Plotters and pantsers alike love the visual outlining and story Bible software Plotter, now available both online and as a web app. Named the number one outlining app for productivity by Kindlepreneur, Plotter turns outlining and organizing your books into the creative process it's supposed to Visit plotter.com slash rw today. That's p-l-o-t-t-r dot com slash rw today. And experience the difference yourself. Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Ava Glass, author of the new novel Alias Emma. Writer Lisa Jewell wrote about Alias Emma, a thrilling read. I could not have loved it more. Ava, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Jeff. I'm thrilled to be here. Absolutely. Well, if someone listening hasn't yet heard about your new novel, Alias Emma, how would you describe the novel? I would describe it as kind of a, almost a thrill chase of a book. It, um... It's an espionage novel, but it's also a pursuit novel. So my main character is on the run almost from the first chapter to the last chapter. She is um, trying to get the son of a Russian defector in London across the city without being caught by a team of assassins who have hacked the CCTV cameras. So it's just a chase. It is um, spy versus spy. And I absolutely loved writing it. And I'm curious, do you remember the original idea or impetus that led you to write Alias Emma? Well, there were a few things that kind of led to this. I suppose one was about um, eight years ago, I worked for a while for the British government in one of the departments that deals with intelligence. And I'm not a spy myself, <laughs> but I did <laughs> I did actually meet some spies, or at least I think I did, because... <laughs> It's not like when you meet spies, they walk up to your desk and say, hello, my name is Tom, I'm a spy. They, they really say quite the opposite. So it, um, it, it's a very hazy world in which nothing quite, you never quite know what reality is. Nobody uses their real names. Nobody uses their real job titles. Nobody ever tells you where they've really been when they disappear for five weeks. And I was only there for a few years and I was right on the edge of it. But it really stayed with me because I was so fascinated by people who would, who could do that job. It's an incredibly difficult job. And I really admired them in a way while also feeling um, a bit scared of them <laughs> because it was such, it's such a deceptive industry. Everything could well be a lie. And that stayed with me for years. And I always wanted to write about it. And then uh, a couple of years ago, I suddenly had this idea um, about this spy who has to do this almost impossible thing. And that um, that was that's where it began. And I'm curious, what was your initial fiction writing journey that led you to writing your first stories and then eventually getting your first novel published? Well, 
I come at uh, writing through nonfiction. So I initially worked as a journalist uh, for newspapers, and I did that for about nearly 10 years. And then I became an editor, um, working for magazines and um, nonfiction publishing. And I did that for a couple of years before then going to work for the government. And again, I was in communication, so I was still all about the words, but also nonfiction. But all this time, I mean, I've always been obsessed with reading fiction, but I never felt qualified, I think it's fair to say, to write it because, you know, I didn't go the track that so many fiction writers go of going to these, you know, art schools and these writing programs and um, I read about them and I figured that was how you got in. I thought that's what you had to do. You had to go somewhere in Iowa to an art school <laughs> and spend a year and pay a whole lot of money. And then you would be approved to write a novel. But I actually had a friend who taught English at a university. And I asked him about that. And I said, sort of, you know, what, what do I need if I want to write a novel? And he said, a pen and a piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that felt like the door was open and maybe I could do this thing. That's great. Well, I'm curious about your writing process as you were working on Alias Emma. As you mentioned, it's very much a ticking clock thriller and a chase novel. Did, did you outline the novel before you began writing it? Or was it a more of an organic process for you? I did outline this one. I um, I felt like for espionage that it's there are so many strands, there are so many um, twists and turns. I was afraid if I didn't outline it, I would drop something, and I really felt I had to you know dot my eyes and cross my t's. So I I had a um, a like a seven or eight page outline, and it it just sort of started as a a really simple synopsis that then as I built it, I began to see the set, the sort of the chapter structure in my mind. So I just broke it off into chunks of three to four chapters. Um, so I didn't have to get specific and I didn't outline as I know some people do how each chapter would work. I simply outlined the action and the plot just to make sure that I knew where everything was, was and, and that I wouldn't get lost in my own story. And once I had that, it didn't make writing it, um, it made it feel a lot, a lot safer and a lot faster. Well, earlier you mentioned the CCTV network in London, which um, I understand is is very extensive. I'm curious, what kind of research did you do as you were working on this thriller? Well, I worked in and lived in London for many years, and so I was hyper aware of the CCTV cameras because um, they are so obvious once once you notice them on every street corner. I was I once was walking down a very quiet street in a North London suburb and there was a movement above my head and I looked up and realized it was a CCTV camera on a very tall pole and it was gradually angling down until it was pointing at me. And then I walked down the street to the corner and as I did, it followed me. It just it kept turning. So either the machine that was operating mm -hmm. it or the person that was operating it was watching me. And this made me think about who's behind that camera, who can see through that camera. So that was sort of, my awareness was already there that there are cameras absolutely everywhere, all over the train stations, all over the, the tube, all over the, they're in taxis. There are CCTV cameras in taxis. You are constantly recorded 
in London. It's a very strange place. They call it the Ring of Steel. So I had that sort of granular knowledge just from being a, a citizen of the city for so long. And then in terms of hacking it, well, that I had to kind of go with my own instincts, because one thing they're not going to publicize here is whether or not those cameras could be hacked. But my general um, sense is that everything is vulnerable. Mm. And um, and so it was worth exploring what that would, would would look like and how it might turn this this wall of protection into a into a weapon. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Well, I'm curious. Are you planning to write or are you working on another Emma Makepeace novel now? In fact, I have finished writing another Emma Makepeace <laughs> novel, which I'm so happy about. <laughs> I have written the second book in the series. It comes out August next year. And um, it was we had to make a decision, my editors and I, with this book, because book one takes place, as you mentioned, in a really tight period of time, over about 12 hours, and in, in just one city. And it's it's so I, I had to decide whether to make all the books in the series ticking <laughs> clock. And I decided I decided that would be torture over time for me. And so I decided to um branch out. So in this book, it takes place over more time. There's more spycraft because there's more time for spycraft. She's not just reacting, my main character in this. She is um she's working. She's actually trying to find. But two things, um, somebody who is dealing in uh, in chemical weapons and also the killer of an MI6 analyst. And she thinks it might be the same person. So for this book, she goes undercover on an oligarch's yacht, which takes her sort of across the Med to the places where oligarchs hang out in the south of France and Spain. And so we get to see a little more territory, see how a spy might really work and... Uh, and Emma is in constant, constant trouble as usual. That's great. Well, what writing advice would you offer to those who are writing their own stories or novels? Would it just be grab a pen and paper? <laughs> <laughs> I would say that's step one, definitely. If, like me, you thought there's some sort of secret handshake that you have to get before you can enter the world of fiction, I'm living proof that that's not true. 
Um, so you really do need that pen and paper. But also the thing that I find is hardest, and I was talking to a friend literally a few days ago about this, who I know could write a novel. I know he has it in him, but he hasn't ever tried. And I was saying, you know, all you need is an idea, the time to have an idea, to work on that idea, to let that idea percolate through your mind, and also some faith in yourself. I think for a lot of writers, they read these books, their favorite books by the most esteemed authors, and they say to themselves, I could never do that, so I must never try. And that, that lack of faith in your own ability is a killer of creativity. I say read those books by those great writers, then put them back on the shelf, and write your own. Don't think about it. Don't think about what Hemingway or, you know, F. Scott Fitzgerald would think of your book. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, none of that matters. What matters is that you write something you love and that you care about and that you gradually develop belief in it. I would say also, I was 60,000 words into my first novel before I believed I could do it. It was nearly, I could see the end in my mind. And then suddenly there was just that moment where I thought, wait, wait, have I just done this? Can I do this? Is this a thing I can do? So let yourself get to 60,000 words if that's what it takes and find your faith because a lot of writing is just about belief. That sounds great. I'm curious, what books have you read recently that you enjoyed? Oh my goodness, so many. I uh, What did I love most recently? I read a book called The Dark by Emma Houghton. Um, only actually I listened to the audio book of it because I was driving a few weeks ago, and it is set in a um, in an Arctic um, scientific um, sort of what do you call it laboratory mm -hmm. um, in the deepest in the deepest winter, and a doctor arrives um, to replace a doctor who's passed away, and gradually begins as they're cut off by the snow to believe that the doctor was killed and that she's in trouble, and it's this suffocating. Um, oppressive atmosphere and the snow and the cold is all around them. And it's, I found that really thrilling. Um, it's one of the best thrillers I've read in a while. So I did very much enjoy that one. That's great. Well, where can people find you online if they'd like to learn more about you and your new novel, Alias Emma? Well, I'd absolutely love for people to find me online. I'm on Twitter and Instagram. And my handle is the same on both. It's at Ava Glass Book. And um, so come find me there. My website is avaglass.co.uk. Or you can just Google alias Emma. I've tried it and I come first. <laughs> so I, that will take you to me. <laughs> so track me down. I'd love, I'd love for you to read the book. I'd love to hear what you think about it. Um, if you have read it, it would just, I'm kind of new as an author. So it still really makes my day to hear from readers. That's wonderful. Well, again, we've been speaking with Ava Glass, author of the new novel, Alias Emma. The novel is on sale now, so go buy a copy. And Ava, thanks for doing this interview. Oh, thank you so much, Jeff. It's been a real, real pleasure. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 